Just a quick warning, when me and Tom get passionate or a bit nervous, we tend to swear more than usual. So just keep that in mind when you're listening to our podcast. Clock me early as someone I, I, that needed yeah. food to be persuaded into oh, doing yeah. it. Oh, that was it. Kind of, oh, I'm not going to finish this. Do any of you guys want some? I mean, you had two-hour cues at one point. Like, that is just mental. You, you, so you lied. You built your whole relationship on a lie. I'm so happy I swerved all of this. And yeah. then by the end of the night, she's slamming frickin' limoncellos. <laughs> limoncellos with him, and they're, like, yeah. high-fiving. So we got rid of the Hessian, quite quick. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Barton and Eels. And the Honest Eating Co. I'm Phil. I'm Tom. And we're the co-founders of Honest Burgers, and this is the Honest Podcast. Why are we doing a podcast, Tom? We are ripping the plaster off the last 10 or so years of how Honest Burgers started in a muddy field in a tent outside of Brighton and is now a national burger chain with over 45 restaurants and over 900 people that work for us. Oh, we're going to be honest. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Um, today is a very special episode of the podcast because Phil and I have invited our most special guest, guests of all, um, our partners. So um, welcome, Connie, my wife, and Helen, Phil's long, long-term girlfriend. Um, and yeah, we wanted to invite you two along and hear your side of the beginning of Honest, because we lent on you quite a lot, um, and we still do. So we want to ask you some questions, Phil. What have you got for... Well, why don't we set the scene first a little bit? I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. Like, when, because it's, it's important to note that they knew us both before we started Honest, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So maybe we should start there. So we'll start with Connie. How, how did you meet? I know this story very well. But <laughs> I, I, uh, I actually met Connie before Tom met Connie, which is... He did. Yeah. yeah. Not a huge amount of time before, but anyway, I'll so let you take over. I met both of you at Riddle and Finns. Uh, when I was a graphic designer at Brighton Uni and yeah, I was working there weekends and a few nights to pay my way through and met these two. Um, very much as friends. Well, <laughs> I, I, I tried not, I tried to go beyond friendship many times <laughs> for many years. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was quite a thing to watch Tom just. Yeah, what's your side of the story? Me, me trying to court Connie for. Oh, it was, it was just an amazing thing to see, <laughs> you know, confident guy. And then this girl walks in and he just went to jelly, just yeah. couldn't, couldn't contain himself. Yeah. And he, yeah. he tried for how, how long did it take, Connie? How long did it take for him to woo? Wow, it wasn't that long, was it? It was, it was like probably six months, two know. years. Year. <laughs> it wasn't that long. A year or two of friend zone, but it all yeah. worked out, so we're all good. I took her on so many dates that we mm. later found out, in my head, they were very firm dates. Like I paid for the drinks and, you know, there was flirting. In her head, she was like, no, we were just like mates, just going for a catch up. <laughs> A few pints. Yeah. I remember asking her for a drink outside Ridden the Fins. It was like, we both finished shift. And I was like, do you want to give him a drink? And she literally went, um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, isn't there a, isn't the, the one that sealed it was a date on the beach or something? Am I making this up? <clears throat> I'm searching my memory oh my now, such as the nature of this well, podcast. Go, yeah, well. it was actually my darling sister who I had just found out was eight months pregnant. 
Um, and we just, me and Con decided we were, we were actually working at a outside catering do, weren't we? Like a wedding in this amazing house um, outside of Brighton. Um, and I found out that my sister was eight months pregnant and we were like, fucking hell, this is mad. Let's go and have um, a big night out, basically. And we went we went out after this this do. Um, and I think we were trying to run away from my mate Ewan, who was like hammered and just, just being an absolute mess. So we, we legged it down onto the beach. And I remember we were very much just mates. This, but I'd give, completely given up on <laughs> trying to marry the love of my life. And, uh, and then, strategy. And then, You'd got exactly where you wanted. He'd finally given up. And that's when you struck. Me. She, and then I remember going down to the beach and then, and then she grabbed my hand and I was like, what the fuck? And oh, yeah. realised I was like, talking about this? something's happening. <laughs> something's going to happen. And then, oh yeah, we sat and had a, had a cheeky snog, didn't we? We, we did, yeah. And but... But, yeah, the rest is history. They all come around eventually, okay? <laughs> but we all met a very long time ago. Just is persistence. The, is the short it's, it's answer the to this. How sorry, did you two meet, though? We managed to make no, no, it no, no, within the first two minutes done, of this podcast. We've done, oh, my, uh, you know, my sad, depressing... <laughs> Pining love. How did you two be? Well, Helen chased me for about three years. Really? And then, uh, no. <laughs> Not quite, but it probably was slightly more on the opposite. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Way around. We, we met at university. You were at uni, didn't you? Tell so we side. were at university in Canterbury. In what? In your first year? Um, we met in our first year. Well, we we were in the same halls of residence, and we sort of noticed each other in that in the first year. I wasn't the only person that Philip noticed. Um, but there was a, this is what's at all. This is going to yeah, be on this podcast. It's all right. It was 17 years ago. I'm over it. Um, and it's not like you got anywhere with anyone else. So. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, so there was a sort of uh, a communal kind of stairway that everybody would kind of gather and order pizza at the end of a night, a night out. And I kind of had ordered some pizza and kind of made my move. Clock me early as someone I, I, that needed yeah. food to be persuaded into oh, doing yeah. Oh, that was it. Kind of, oh, I'm not going to finish this. Do any of you guys want some? Obviously, Philip being one of those and had a bit of a chat. You lured him in um, with pizza. You should have lured him in with a burger, really. That would have well, been far more that, that, That's for later. Poetic, not, wouldn't not burgers, fan of a burger. Burgers, well. <laughs> oh, I know. That's a conversation for later. <laughs> that's that's going to be, be one of the... Uh, yeah, Constable doesn't really like burgers. Yeah, <laughs> that, no, that's going to be a soundbite in the intro, definitely, isn't it? We like burgers. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, but we didn't actually get together until the beginning of our second year. I had a slightly complicated um, sort of relationship that was sort of ending. Yeah, you were in that that all that whole time that you were throwing pizza around with such sort of abandon. <laughs> you were in a relationship I with someone. Oh, no, no, Helen. no, 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 no. I was not. Helen. We broke up for university, so we weren't together. We were just, you know, I was still. On a break? I was, I was, no, we were absolutely not together. <laughs> I, we just, I just hadn't quite got over, uh, haven't quite got over that relationship yet. Wasn't ready to launch into the next thing. Fine. Anyway, but and then just... the very beginning of the second year, we met in the like the venue, the union club thing, and Philip came up and I said, "Oh, did you have a good summer?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I broke up with that guy, like properly, like it's properly over with that guy." And he was like, "Okay, do you want a drink?" In and that the was rest it. is history. And um, so that was yeah, uh, seventeen years later. Four, was it? So, Jesus, was it? 17 years. Yeah. 2004, yeah, it'll be 18 years mm. this October. Yeah, yeah. So, very long time. Congrats, guys. How old am I? 39. It's nearly, will it ever be half my life? My maths is just going. Well, yeah. Well, obviously, eventually it will. <laughs> it will, won't it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Wait, well, I, it was just before I, I was. Well, it depends. Yeah. It's just catching up. Unless something really tragic happens. Yeah. So, you probably Did you literally see my brain steaming yeah, there. Wait well, you were 21, so what when you're 42, then we're, uh, then, we're, then we're a bit halfway, right? Okay, cool. 
That's a big moment. Isn't it, it is. But I do remember our first sort of little date after that kind of just having a drink and a chat that night. We said, should we go for, for lunch? And, and, and we met and mm. I arrived um, and Philip was on the phone. And I was like, oh, we just sort of kind of gave him a wave as I walked up. And he was like, oh, oh, mum, mum, I've, I've got to go. <laughs> and I was like, oh, how sweet. He's on the phone to his mum. <laughs> and then later on, what did you tell me? Staged it. <laughs> no! Evil genius, man. You, you, well, so you lied. So you built your whole relationship on a lie. <laughs> well, wow. That, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It so was, what, you were on the, it, were you it, on the phone to his. no one? Or I, was, you yeah. on, no, I was on the phone to someone. I think okay. I, I don't know who it was. On the really? Phone you wouldn't have said yeah. mum to some random person. I can't remember. I don't think I was on the phone to anybody. You, I think, which is not endearing. Huh? It, very sweet. It well, it worked, yeah. Yeah, I think that's quite a good play. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, Connie. I thought it was quite sweet, but... You anyway. didn't have those plays. Maybe we would have got together well, sooner. No, I was like... Tom just, was, <laughs> sounds like Tom just, like, lap dogs behind you. I was like, a, a, like a really eager puppy that was sweet. just constantly trying to, <laughs> to show Connie how much I loved her. And, yeah. and you're the kind of person that is the best way for you to dislike someone. Yes. <laughs> like a lot of women, actually. <laughs> yeah. As Far soon, too eager. As soon as, I, as soon as I lost interest, you gained the interest, isn't it? Lesson learned. Yeah, it, was actually, it was actually because it was the day I put, it was also the day of um, my final show at Brighton. So it yeah. was like the very last moment it could have happened. Um, and you had, you'd just come out of a very serious relationship. And emotions were running high. Wanted a bit of fun in Brighton, didn't you? Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, now let's where move is on. this going? Oh, it sounds like I've been off with two people, which I hadn't. It sounds like you were just off with yeah. anybody, which you weren't. Yeah. Right. Well, you're well, well, right. just desperate pretending so, to talk to your parents. Now and, we know uh, how we all met. And fast forward. So, actually, yeah. no, let's go. So, I think obviously, riddles was a huge part of, of Honest, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, what was it like for you, Connie, working in Riddle and Fins? I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I made, obviously, people I knew for the rest of my life. But, um, yeah, it, what, do you want me to really talk about working? It what was just me, such a what were, what were Phil and I like at Riddles? <laughs> you were particularly impressive, we found out already. Yeah. I, I just... Do you know what? I do remember that you both worked really hard. I do remember that. Because, you know, I was very much there to make a little bit of <clears throat> cash um, as a student. And you guys were always just really committed. Like the speed that you could get through the washing out, the speed you could get the shift wrapped up to finish up and go out the was greats. impressive. Remember the greats? Yeah. yeah so you're, I would yeah. say that you're, yeah, you're sort of, you could see then that you guys were naturals in the... Uh, well, I think that is actually important because that's part of the reason that... I felt so comfortable going into business with Phil as I knew he was a grafter and same with... Yeah, likewise. Yeah. We didn't know... Because you were young guys, like a lot of whatever we were, 22-year-olds don't give quite as much care to their, you know, to their jobs and you guys were... Do pretty... one thing and do it right, eh? Yeah, if you're going to do something, you might as well do it well, otherwise do something else. Yeah. You can. It's that simple in my head care. as well. Like, if you don't do it well, then just don't bother well, fucking doing it. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine, just, just admit it. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, I love that place. Honestly, I think that's one of the like the fondest parts of my life is working in that restaurant. It was yeah, it so was relaxed time. and but like intense. And the customers were great. It's well. the first time I'd ever got a job where I actually like genuinely enjoyed going to work. Yeah, it was fun. Every job before that was just was just <laughs> money, and it was like 
it was hospitality is its best. Like it's not yeah. an easy place to work, particularly. I think it's got a lot harder in the last probably since in the last ten years, God, really. Yeah, but yeah. Particularly in the last few. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Nigel. <laughs> no, we should get Nigel on, really, shouldn't we? He's um, <laughs> Nigel. I have never. Nigel is was he was. I think he was like a kind of assistant manager when we started, and then he became went to manager. But the guy. If you ever see someone work the room like Nigel, like he could have anyone eating out the palm of his hand yep. in, in a matter of minutes. I remember the best story with Nigel is this this place is a is a champagne and oyster bar, so it's it attracts all sorts of people, but lots of people obviously want to spend tons of cash. And I remember this old woman came in, she had like a fur coat, like a big, heavy fur coat, and she was she was like probably in her late sixties. She was very made up. And um, and she walks in and she takes her fur coat off and and looks over to Nigel. She's like, "Excuse me, where can I put my coat?" Like half expecting him to obviously take it off her and put it in the cloakroom or something. And he just walks past and goes, "Back of your chair, love," and just carries on going. And you can see she was mortified. <laughs> and then by the end of the night, she's slamming freaking limoncellos. limoncellos with him, and they're like yeah. high fiving. Yeah, yeah. Like he had them. He, he had treaded. Out. He treaded a line like no one I've ever seen. <laughs> oh yeah. And I tried to. Uh, you know this very well, right? We kind of caught this lots of different old school society. I tried to create this so like being honest it. in particular because yeah, yeah. obviously front of house is kind of my and i learned a hell of a lot from him like i've do you think nigel was yeah he must have given you your powers well i remember like i loved becoming a shift manager in Midland fins or whatever we called it supervisor and sort of watching him and getting my first shot on the door with the clipboard you know 150 people coming through 40 seats sending them off to the pub and having to get them back and it was just intense and I remember it feeling like watching him doing it, like it's like a performance. You've got to just, yeah. you just got to be on your game, on the zone, and you can just have some real fun with people. And that's probably one of the biggest moments where I, I think I already had this in me a little bit. I think I knew I could do that. And I knew that was what great hospitality was. But when you do it well, it's like the best feeling. And you realize that actually you can get to a place with a customer where it doesn't feel like customer and server. It feels a bit more like, Adult to adult, a bit more human to human. But I think the thing you, as a, as someone in the kind of you're, you're giving the service, you have to be the one to open that door to a customer, don't you? Definitely. Rarely do customers come and they're like, "Cool, I'm gonna be super friendly with this right person." But if you do it, which is what Nigel was so great at, then then you kind of open the door and then it's like, "Cool, let's have some fun." Just little personal touches. Yeah, you got to earn it, right? The ba the basics have got to be right. It's great food. You know, you've got to give a good experience, but then you can just layer on this bit of like little personal human touches where someone goes, all right, I'm in it with this guy. And it feels great. And they'll come back for that, not just the food, more often than not, I would say. And he he was, yeah, unbelievable at it. But he, yeah, he really treaded a line. I don't know. I wonder, because he doesn't, he doesn't work in restaurants anymore, Nigel. Yeah. I, I think know. that he would. I don't know. Probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unique. I think those Nigel days. Maybe. The planets aligned for Nigel in Brighton around 2008 in Riddle and Finns. That team in that restaurant. I don't know. Well, God Let's bless see. him. I had some some very fun memories of that guy. So fast forward then. So yeah. how how did Honest impact your life, Helen, in those early days? What do you remember? I, about I remember. It? I remember us weighing pretty heavy on that flat you guys had yeah i remember those oily chip stains on your ceiling that were yeah and i remember your car that we just used to like literally fill your little cinquecento yeah is it? yeah, yeah. Is your car, little, yeah. luckily apple. shaped like a fridge so we could put fridges in it yeah 
Literally. Yeah. Yes. I'm not even joking. That's exactly why it was brilliant. So I was I was trying to look through like my little memorabilia box this morning and I couldn't find anything. I obviously didn't keep any little notes. Um, but there's, there's the whole story of kind of how Honest came about, right? And Philip basically went and did a ski season, our sort of seven-year itch, just having a little bit of time to work things out. And um, and he came back and he said, right, we're going to buy a house, not flat, and I'm going to start a business. And we did. Within a few months, we'd bought our first little flat in Brighton. And the... The day we completed, I think, was the day of the Lewis fireworks. Was it? Because you <coughs> were not there. <laughs> so me and my mum, my mum and your dad had to move. That's right. And then we had our rented flat for another like a short crossover of a few days, which is where you did all the cooking and left it very oily. Basically our prep kitchen. Our prep, your yeah. first prep, prep kitchen, kitchen. was yeah, that yeah. rental flat we, we had three days left on the on the agreement for. Um, but before that, it would have been the... Brighton Food Festival would have been the one that I got most involved in. The one for uh, the you worked that, didn't you? I did you work that. Worked, that was quite not fun. Not Lewis Fireworks. Connie worked at the other fireworks Reading, festival. Well, no one else yeah, worked yeah. The, the famous Lewis Fireworks. <laughs> no, Lewis was just <laughs> yeah, dodged that, a bullet yeah. there. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, the Brighton Food Festival was after Lewis, I think. No, no I think it was before. Well, let's no. talk about the, the the prep kitchen. No, it was moment. after, definitely after, because we, we used that flat. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe quite how easy it was to because we didn't i mean we were we were pretty cowboy but i remember we got we got uh, the local council we got brighton council to like sign off your flat as a kitchen right yeah yeah which we were like you, you can just use this like it's just a, obviously it's a, it's a totally domestic kitchen yeah and they're like yeah it's fine they said we had to tile the back behind the cooker that was it yeah we're like, <laughs> okay we're not gonna do that. I, don't, I don't remember what we did <laughs> don't remember doing that but um yeah but and definitely we got his, the eho guy came to our kitchen yeah. and we just had all of our because we had a, we had a marquee like two gas canisters a big fryer and a grill just sat behind your sofa a huge double fridge yeah um and the little fryer was in our kitchen and everyone used to question why have you got a fryer in your kitchen just doesn't everyone have a fryer in the fried kitchen food um obviously it was never used uh so we would do all of our prep in there before and generally i think the the brian food festival we've, we've touched on this in another episode but yeah like we'd spend days just just cooking food commercially but with like just domestic pots and pans so I remember yeah. like having like the four biggest pots and pans you had in like gradually sort of getting smaller and smaller just around your your little gas yeah. burner and like you know a little saucepan with like fucking 10 chips in it just boiling away and you're like here we go <laughs> well i remember the night of that that food festival that i think i know you've talked about it um when you went out of chips and philip was working that shift and we ended up using all the the fries in the restaurant yeah. but you took you know some chips and i took some chips just to see how many we could prep that evening and i just remember you saying oh we're gonna make some chips okay tell me what to do and you, know, you turned up with about four sacks of chips, of, of, of potatoes. I was like, about oh, my God. 100 kgs. And I was like, just on my own. And I just, I actually remember feeling a bit faint about halfway through. I was sort of following these, <laughs> these oh, fly, um, following these sort of descriptions to the to the letter, exactly what I had to do. And I had a the window open to try and cool things down rapidly. And I was like, obviously, we didn't have a very oh God, big God, we literally did. Just, it was, it was just, all of it, yeah. Yeah, our blast chiller was an open window. Yeah, I'm so window, happy yeah. I swerved all of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where were you? In London, working. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's really and I think I came well. to your house with my little Cinquecento to pick you up, to drop you down, to do the sort of run yeah. in all the bags of 
all the literally kind of, crepe loads. It felt like what was it Quite like? Exciting to be part of Kind of like moonshine, kind of prohibition. Sort of, we were like in the back of the <laughs> the restaurant, like smuggling blanched <laughs> chips in, like no one can see. Yeah, yeah while I'm door. sort of hanging out on a double yellow at midnight in Brighton or whatever. Yeah, it was weird. I'm not. I've never worked in hospitality. It's not my area. So it was, it was quite exciting. You kind of get the buzz, and and I. <laughs> And I remember doing the festival and having people come back the next, the second day. And um, what was your set? What were you doing? Because there's a picture of us, the oh, three uh, of us in the tent. Nothing front facing. <laughs> I would yeah. have been doing lettuce or something. Yeah, you I'm shopping sure. And you were smooching, smooching customers. I don't know. I think I was very much kept out of the way and just um, doing what had to be done. You guys were obviously on chips and burgers, like the important stuff. I was probably just putting sauce, was, sauce on buns and I'd stuff. Say, I'd say Tom was probably on chips and burgers. I was just chatting. Well, you would have been <laughs> smoozing. Doing, the, doing the, the front bit. I think in the pictures I'm I'm in the back. Smoozing and, and That would have been where I want to be. Just give me a job and I'll just do it. That was one of the times. first jobs. That, other than that slight um, debunkle of us <laughs> up, running out of chips. Should like, we just comment that you like to make words up? It's already been mentioned. Okay, good. Tom's word of the okay, podcast. Good. It happens pretty much. Every I've got Debonkel a very long list. <laughs> debunkle is. This is my favourite we've, one. We've though. all agreed debunkle's better than debacle, so we should just keep debunkle. Debunkle's great. I yes, like it's it. The, it's the <laughs> pinnacle of your made-up words. Yeah. Um, but the yeah the the Brian Food Festival was one of the first jobs. I was like, this is actually pretty fucking good. Yeah. Like people really really liked what it was we were really doing. Exciting. Like they 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 had never tried what we were doing before. I thought this is quite cool. Yeah, it felt like the first time when we were actually, you know, you go to Lewis Fireworks and I was a bit of a captive audience or you go to a private party, obviously you're paid to be there and serve burgers, whereas that one felt a bit more like there's loads of places to eat where yeah, you yeah. eat, you know. Can we, never, we stand out? Because that's yeah. the hardest thing, right? Is you've got such a small kind of sort of canvas to get across to customers and, like, we we were just... We had, like, little rosemary pots, didn't we, on the on the table <laughs> And yeah. like a bit of Hessian, we were like, Ooh, You loved Hessian. Is... I still love Hessian. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> all texture, all fabric should have that much texture in it. There was a, I remember being in your flat though on Veer Road, because you had quite a lot of kit at your house. I remember. Yeah, we traded. I think, I think maybe Helen got a bit pissed off with the amount of leaning on your flat. I so think I, I took I some. I think it was the other way around. I think it was the other way around. I think you we started in... off with most of it and I ended up taking some of it and we moved our house. Yeah, I think because we were because in a rental flat. I was a rented, I was yeah. renting a room off. Of Emily in our house, she was so chill, and I was like, "Because we, you know, you shouldn't cook LPG canisters indoors, right? That's like a very big no-no." And we just had this like faint quaffed of gas all the fucking time because we were like just testing out chip recipes. And I think because like, you were in a house, and literally the hallway was just floor to ceiling, kind of just, half the hallway was was blocked off, and then as soon as we moved from our flat, which was a very we small lived on like one the bedroom, floor. third floor, yeah. yeah. Couldn't get stuff up there. So when we moved to that at the flat that we bought, we you shifted it all over as soon as you possibly could to ours because we had a, the space and we just chuck a corner off. I remember that the flat that you had that had one staircase going up though. Yeah. And we had to try and carry. It was we had painful. We had something that would everyone every time we load out, one of us would get our ankles just absolutely ended <laughs> by like a fryer or a tabletop, and it was always like. <laughs> and exactly, there was a, bit, a massive bit of wood that was just we used to just put on top of the freezers as a table, yeah, yeah. table, and that was so heavy. And it, if you dropped it, and it, it would always the crack the ankle. No, it would, no, it it would get and one of us. It was a very tight little stairway down into that sort of double entrance. Yeah. Did you? I mean, I'll go, I'll go quick for you. Did you ever? Like, what did I say? I can't remember. What did I say to you when I got back from that ski season? I'm going to... I can't... Because I, I genuinely can't remember. I know I got back knowing that I wanted to call him and do yeah. something, but what I did think I, I say know. to you? I think I know. I think you said, 
Helen, I can't get Tom out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need to get into business with him. I all I remember is you basically saying, I'm coming home, we're gonna buy a place, we're gonna I'm gonna start a business. I, I and, don't remember saying we're gonna buy a place. Did, where would, yep. Did that just magic the well, deposit for a house honestly, out of my house? <laughs> well, the re- part of the reason you'd gone away was just to have a have a few months to kind of work things out. You were at a bit of a crossroads. We were on a bit of a break when we weren't. We didn't split up. We didn't we were, split up, we but we just needed a, a bit of time. Riddle and Finns had said I got a bit loopy at Riddles, and I I think we all got, we'd all sort of worked hard and played hard, and I was I wasn't in that industry, and we just needed we to were work living out slightly different lives at the time, weren't yeah. we? Yeah, um, it is that is really hard. Like when you're not. If you, hospitality is very antisocial, isn't it? If you're not in hospitality, and then it's the most sociable thing in the oh, world. Yeah, when you're yeah, in the yeah, when, when you're, you're in, in the it, room, it's super yeah. social. Yeah. But you're not. Some people get so hooked on it, I think. But then I was yeah. working nine to five, so Philip yeah. was sort of finished work at two, rolling at four or five, and then I'd get up at seven. You yeah. know, and actually it's hard, we isn't just it? didn't. Yeah, you'd have kind of, and obviously every Saturday or whatever. So actually your days became quite limited. So yeah, it was, wasn't that we, we just thought we just needed a bit of time to work ourselves out. And I think your ultimate, after your four months or whatever it was away, you were like, right, I want to come back. I do want to be with you. Let's buy a place. I show you some commitment and I want to do my own thing. I don't want to go back. And you came back and you spoke to Riddles and you said, I'll do a year. I want to learn everything I can from you. Yeah, and I remember you, you saying that. I thought they'd you love said, me. You I said mean, you want to be a manager, didn't you? I walked into their little office on the beach. I can see it now. They got this. They got their restaurant down there, and they got this little weird hut, sort of on the just under the road on the beach. And I remember walking in the sense, Rob, right? I want to be sat in your seat in a year. Can I be the manager of the Fins? Thinking they'd just laugh at me, and I'd probably get assistant, and that'd be fine. And he was like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Awesome." <laughs> was like, Did you want to go into like hospitality? Then was that? No, I wanted to do what. This this thing I wanted to start my yeah. own thing, but I knew you know neither of us had that background, um, and you were always going to be more on the food side, and I knew that at least one of us needed to know like know, something about running restaurants. My, my memory of it was it was the outside catering side of stuff, so we did a lot of that at riddles. Yeah, and um, you know as well as like the buzz of the restaurant, I think it was always really hard work, so we'd never want to sign up for it. But we do a lot of that on the side, and I just remember you guys saying. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but we could do this better. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think I don't think we got um, Rob or Adam would would disagree that their outside catering arm wasn't the finest. Their restaurants were unbelievable, yeah. but they didn't put too much effort into their outside catering. But I feel like course. that really helped you see an angle Definitely. on things because this was a time before Street Feast and all that kind of well, stuff. And it just felt like the barrier to entry for something like that was a bit more realistic whereas yeah. a restaurant you're like oh my god how much money but that's the thing i think it's important it. to say you were never thinking about restaurant no. you were just thinking about like outdoor food right serving burgers to people in a field that's what you're doing mm. and that was way more i guess maybe that was more achievable goal at the time yeah definitely was you were never thinking you're going to open something with a queue you know on a friday night as long as a riddle and fins it is was, crazy yeah. i i think of that metro week you know yeah and how what week? Metro week, when that thing came out about um, all the different places in, in Brixton. That was Village. the Marina of Lachlan. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. I'd call it Metro week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's in the Metro. Okay, and just I remember sitting on the train and seeing people reading it and then arriving in Brixton after work. This, and it wasn't just honest. It was absolutely buzzing. It was so mm. exciting. I know. And that summer was, was ridiculous. Well, we, before we get on to actual Brixton, I want to mention one. I want to mention Connie's 
input in that yeah. very early stage because you have a very useful set of skills <laughs> for a starting business, which you're an incredibly talented graphic designer and graphic design. I mean, you tell, will you, will you explain what graphic design is then to people? Oh God, that's a big wow. question. But what I can explain is how I could help you. So we got rid of the Hessian quite quick. <laughs> whoa, whoa, you like Hessian, thank you very no. much. No, but I remember. Hessian isn't, if you were to ask someone an honest fabric, you would immediately choose Hessian. Untrue. I, no, there's no Hessian in Brixton Village. Well. So anyway, so that's when I got involved. <laughs> so I was, um, at that point, I think I was either interning and then became a junior designer. It's like my first job at a really great studio called uh, DN and Co, who are all wonderful people and taught me basically everything I know. Um, but yeah, I was, so I was a real newbie straight out of uni and you guys, I still remember you na the naming, you were deciding between two names <coughs> with a bottle of whiskey very late one night. Blimey. Yeah. What did you know? We sat on the Honest Eating Barton Co. Barton and Eels. Oh yeah, and we did. The Honest Eating Co. <laughs> Uh, they were the first names that you we guys were spinning. Yeah, yeah. But this was before you even knew you were going to do yeah, burgers. Yeah, maybe that's why we disagreed. So we were like, well, who's going to go first? And I was like, well. Alphabetical. <laughs> yeah, alphabetical, baby. That's all it is. Yeah, so I remember all these little seeds. Like, I remember that. I really don't remember that. Great. I then great. remember putting a branding presentation, like the very first presentation of visuals for you in front of you two and Dorian at his house. No, no we've got to go further back than that. We were okay. going to see Honestly Inco, because that was, a, oh, that was no, one of that the was biggest... Oh, no, It doesn't exist yet in this... Yeah. In this, this the, the horrible the green marquee. Honestly Inco, yeah. I choose the wrong colour green, and you put a logo together, which was... Which you gave me like an hour to do because you've been up all night drinking whiskey trying to decide the name. Yeah, we did was just so, <laughs> so badly prepared. Your market <laughs> store. About that stage. But, but the other things that did exist at that point, so the green was wrong. Although the logo was awful, one of the very first I'd it ever was not designed. Awful. It's a very similar typeface. White we should green. we should get that logo no, printed and put in our head office. It's like the, <laughs> the, the origin. I've got an oh, old business card with it on. That's Have you? Like, I don't even know if I was. We stamped those business cards, every single one by hand, wouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, no, yeah, This one I've got is printed. I'm pretty sure. Oh, maybe. You but we it. had things like the wooden door. We had a big barn door we that we put the doors. menu on. We had like yeah, blackboard feel with white. So there were things there that we were already introducing just when you were setting up the field kitchen at festivals. Yeah. But then my, it was like taking that through to Brixton. My stepdad is a carpenter. Um, so he, I went down to basically help build furniture for Brixton. And actually, you know, before that, we just went down to help get stuff for our marquee. And yeah, we had these beautiful oh, yeah, old, like, just knackered barn doors that all our weekends we polished were car up. Boots, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. We used to save so much money on the And the significance boots, yeah. of wood was that if you were to go into our Brixton restaurant, or any restaurant this stage. So I don't yeah. think at that stage, we didn't know we were going to open a restaurant, right? Very... No, we'd moved to Brick. So you, I moved to London and I basically, you were, you were very anti-London at that point. And I said, well, I'm not leaving. So got you to London. We moved into this tiny little flat in Brixton. <laughs> and uh, my best mate was like, oh, you should really go down to Brixton Village. It's like a great place called Frank Manka Open. Um, and that yeah, was kind Joe, of it. Joe Taylor, days. shout out. We, we should give a, yeah. we probably wouldn't have, I mean, we would have probably found Brixton Village eventually. Yeah, but. I mean, it's Brixton Market, isn't yeah. it? But they've sort of got one bit they call Brixton Village. But um, yeah, we went down. And in those days, it was very, very different. And I think there were loads of empty units. And I still remember the absolute fear 
when I could see your face, which I know so well, <laughs> which is when you just get really excited and really intense about something and I could see you doing it. And you were like, I've got all this kit sat in a big yellow storage and I could yeah. put it in here and just see what happens. Cause they were, it's a tiny, you know, it wasn't an, it wasn't a scary thing to open a, you know, 30 yeah. cover restaurant. 20, the amount of money you would normally spend 20 on 20 square meters is, is yeah. you know, most of it's a room, kitchen. You could fit it. Probably three, four times in this room. You talk about barriers to entry. That like that was another one where we got really lucky. Really, so right? lucky because oh, you didn't have pennies to open a proper restaurant, but that gave you such a good boot. But yeah, I just remember seeing everything click into place, and I was like, oh my god, he's going to do it. He's actually going to open a restaurant. Like it just hadn't even crossed our minds <laughs> no. until that wander through Brixton, well, and actually, that was the uh, beginning of it becoming no, no, honest. That's burgers. not because actually what we. Because Dorian had come along at this stage, and and I remember we had loaded the Cinquecento up to <laughs> to to Dorian's house in Clapham. And, oh yeah, you did like a taste and test. We did a little taste test, of... and we, <laughs> we we like cooked a whole tray of burgers, and then I knocked them over and just like splattered on his beautiful decking oh. as like massive greasy <laughs> like pile of burger. We're like, you cool. were we so just, nervous. Start these ones again, yeah. Um, it's like your big shot. But he, Dorian, was obviously big restaurant background and he just knew that we were called honest and we were two guys from brighton and we were mm. doing burgers basically yep. and then that's all that's we said call up can i meet you and see what you're up to and uh we didn't know what that, that was going to come from that meeting but we went to his house and Dorian had a you know successful career in his belt and we were like Fuck, this guy's loaded like he's gonna fucking bankroll us a restaurant um but that didn't happen um but then we like that's when Brixton came along and I'd moved to I'd moved to London to sort of show door that I was serious ish firstly serious with you my love um and also well, we with... already knew that yeah <laughs> I knew he'd come <laughs> I now I think about it it's like this yeah. I feel like you've just been like played over the course of three years like yeah. so beautifully I know hey honest wouldn't got exist. you into this position where it was like <laughs> what do you want Right, you come to London now, Tom. Yeah. Sorry, Tom, we interrupted. Moving to Azerbaijan. Hey, it worked out <laughs> all right. It worked out all right. Well, um, but yeah, just need Brixton... a coaxing out of the Brixton, Brighton Lane, sorry. Brixton was a huge moment for us, wasn't it? And, it yeah, was a, it was and I remember, huge. I know you guys were a little bit apprehensive when I tried to talk to you on the phone about it, but as soon as you guys saw the site and you felt the buzz of Brixton, I say you guys, I mean, Dora and Phil, you were like, yeah, this it is fucking great. It didn't feel like we, it sounds amazing to say it, but... It didn't feel like really we had anything. Why wouldn't we have done it? I know, it was, it was such, a no-brainer, was so, wasn't it? it yeah. Really, it wasn't going to cost hardly anything. Like, Well, no, no, but actually, the, this is... So I was I was going through a pretty difficult time um, because I was working in Giraffe in South Bank. That was Tom's... Which yeah, is not year. hospitality. It is, like... The very opposite of Rillen Absolute hellhole. Um, <laughs> no, no, I <laughs> stand by every word. Anyone from Giraffe is listening. To yeah. Anyone who works in Giraffe. <laughs> hopefully that, that restaurant is different now, but when I worked there, it was absolutely horrendous. And mostly, most of that actually wasn't Giraffe's fault. A lot of it was, actually, but um, <laughs> a lot of it Double was down. just... <laughs> a lot of it was customers. It was just the rudest customers I've ever come across. Yeah. Like, like literally people just clicking at you yeah. from across the restaurant and just like shouting at you from but across the restaurant. But that's the thing, restaurant like, experiences is, can be so this different. This is horrible. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know if I can, I'm going to like punch a fucking kid in the face in it if I keep working in this restaurant. Because <laughs> it's just full of, honestly, on Saturday in that restaurant, you cannot walk into the restaurant because there's so many baby prams. They just like 
chuck them there and kids are like throwing food at you when you're trying to serve stuff it's like this is horrible um and then dorian and phil i was so desperate to get you to want to open brixton because i was like this could be my shot out of here i can get out of this restaurant and dorian was like we need a three we need, yeah. we need the council and i was like we haven't and got any money he was thinking that. way more sort of soho or like yeah. a classic place to open and we were like no go and look at the cute cues and i was Blanca. asking i was going around to all the these restaurants being like excuse me do you have a3 and they're like what the fuck's a3 and i was like <laughs> door we're fine no one has a3 here like let's just please do it like we need to do this One of the things about Brixton that we would be remiss to uh, not bring up is obviously we didn't have a pot to piss in um, then and we got a colour green. The first green came from where, Con? Who made this mistake? I don't, I don't actually remember who made the mistake. All I remember is I didn't know Dorian that well at the time and he seemed very grown up and a bit scary and he just painted the whole thing. Let's, let's blame Dorian, he's not here. Did I? So <laughs> we painted the whole thing. He painted the whole thing. Yeah. So, you know, done the undercoat, everything, got the green on. And I remember just being stood there thinking, that's not the honest green. How am I going to tell everyone this? Because you had so little money, the idea of going out and buying enough paint to redo the whole thing was probably a quarter yeah, of like your a budget. A few hundred quid, it was like a lot of money and a so lot of time. So I then had to go to all these i think it was little green paint company isn't it i went to all these yeah. paint shops and found like the darkest green i could find that was the closest to the ral and i was still learning what rals were and pantones were but i knew it was really important we got that green right and obviously it was because you then opened another 43 in the okay. same color um but yeah it was like a classic like green grocery green it was like every other bricks and village green restaurant was that green and i was like this is not Kind of. Yeah. So that was the first time I had to really stick my neck out and say, guys. And to be fair, I think it was, we were kind of like, all right. That was an honest know, you're, mistake. You're, you were very much leading on the branding front. So I think let's talk about that first presentation you did. Because I remember, I remember Phil, Dora and I had basically kind of brain dumped everything we thought honest should be and i'm sure there were three wildly different opinions at that stage what talk us through the process like how did you how did you take these three opinions and then turn it into such an incredible brand what, i obviously think about that process? a lot now because if i had known as my very first client that i would be creating a brand that would be seen by so many i would have 100% choked and just thought, I can't do this and giving it to someone else. But um, I think what it was, was that we like lived, breathed, ate, slept, you know, it was all we spoke about and you guys were so passionate. And, um, you know, we literally spent all our weekends at Car Boots. We spent every, every single spare minute when I wasn't in my design studio was around curating this idea of what Honest was. So it was my full-time job outside of work. Um, and what I could help you all do is like, you know, you had all the passion and the energy and you were going at it like 110%, but you didn't really have any kind of clear direction. So ultimately, you know, anyone in branding, like the job, I think the best bit about it is you just get under the skin of people and you are communicating what, you know, what they're trying to say, but with none of the graphic design degree skills. So for me, it was really obvious that what you guys were doing, you know, 
your equivalent at the time was, I think Byron was around, but they were obviously a chain. Yeah, Byron was going. But you had a meat, meat wagon. They were yeah. meat wagon then, weren't they? Other than that, there wasn't, you know, they were the other kind of big and the, all the others were still to come through. Lucky Chip was to go. In as well. Oh yeah, Lucky Chip. They were, yeah, they were quite kind but of. But they were really different. They were like, so I tried to get you to look at the actual burger and they were Americana. It was all very much from America, trendy style of burger. What you guys was doing was completely different. It was like a thicker patty. It was farmer's market style. By that, I mean, it, was re- it would focus on the beef quality. You made your own relish, yeah, stuff like that British wasn't. British cheeses, that kind of vibe. But yeah, it was and very And it's easy to yeah. forget that there was this like really weirdly intense Twitter blogosphere of like how you had to do a burger. And you guys just didn't care about that. You just did what you thought was right. So it was it important to channel quite, that. actually was quite like... It's quite brave. It was brave. I, did, I didn't feel brave at the time, but looking back there, I mean... But you just did what you thought was right. We spoke about AMP burgers a bit. Oh, <laughs> God, yeah. I remember, I remember a couple of bloggers just could not get their heads They're around. They're like, why would you like, do this? Because it wasn't the trend. American cheese on your menu? And I'm yeah. like, well... And you know the trying to be a bit fucking crazy thing is I hadn't been to New York until... I think I went about five years ago, so long into the honest experience. They don't fucking use American cheese over there. Most of the decent burgers in America have like Monterey Jack or cheddar yeah, or yeah, like, or yeah. yeah, I was like, they oh use my a real God. Mix. But, but coming back to like how that worked into the branding, that was, okay, we went down the kind of British route and the British race in green and wanting to make it feel like a more welcoming, inviting space. You know, you've got to think of like meat liquor was a very, very different customer and crowd. How do we make a crowd and... You know, what? what is your customer? They were all kind of questions that we were thinking about. So how did, uh, yeah, how did that turn into a logo? I mean, simplicity was really big from the beginning. A lot of it was because we had no money. So <laughs> we were doing things that we could do effectively. So for example, the blackboard wall was because Tom had never cooked for more than 12 people before. So he was like, <laughs> I think this is my menu, but I'm probably going to need to scrub it out and try again. So I was like, okay, well, let's create a really fluid system, a flowchart system, where it's all about the meat, all about, you know, we, even in those days, you had like bricks and village vegetables. We got all the meat from a really amazing butcher that Tom cycled a million miles to bring in every yeah. other day. So all of those things, it was like, let's shout about those, but let's keep it fluid. And ironically, actually, it's kind of aged well and it's all very little that, has changed that blackboard was that was the moment it's an accident when, yeah, when you did the first presentation i think i'd seen it before um because you'd kind of showed it to me but i remember it was in Dawes office um in clapham and we all sat there and you did the presentation on his computer and i literally well, i think all of us were just kind of stunned a bit we were all just a bit like that's yeah, it that's the one i can see yeah. that in there. i can see I that did, in there from my point of view i remember that vividly because i'm not a particularly a designery graphic designer yeah. person as you know that's not my skill set um and we all had our opinions on what the menu layout should look like and what the kind of i say branding but you know, you know what it should yeah and i think we'd all had this we we're having this big conversation around the table i remember like, at other sessions I think Carmelo might have even been there at the time, you know, who was just working at Byron at the time. Anyway, we, I remember it being like, oh, God, like, how? how? And then you, about a week later, whatever it was, did that. And I remember going, okay, you know, that's but it. All, <laughs> all, all, good that's, that's that's all good design moments, all good design moments come from a good problem. You had a problem. Yeah. So it was something to fix. But, and, you know, the need to change things like specials and 
I don't know, how much has that changed? The actual framework, we've added one yeah, more Yeah, the concept is the same. To, the, to that structure, but what's been really positive about it is it's kept you, it's kept the menu tight, it's kept it small. Yeah. Like so many of your competitors, because there was no restriction, it was just a tight up word doc or in design for a designer. Um, it's just they grow and grow and grow and grow. You add more and more sides. Like Whereas we were constantly, I remember even in those early days of people trying to add more sides and more burgers, like we'd say, well, at what cost? Yeah. Like, I do think I'd love to know what Honest would look like if we'd started in a proper restaurant and oh, not Brixton. I think it would be very, very, very so different. different. So yeah, that, Brixton it, created very strong rules that we've followed ever since. And because of the... Because of the situation that we were in, you know, but we were all very young. We didn't have much money. We had to be really creative and flexible with what we had on offer, materials, everything. Um, yeah, it was like all of, a lot of our DNA was made in that site and we didn't even realise it at the time. But you could still churn out a really good burger. The only things that actually mattered to, to me looking at you guys was, I don't know if you guys, you must have gone down the street already, but you very clearly fell into food. Feel very clearly fell into what we call old school hospitality, and you just worked that space so yeah, well. What, what I and loved, that was it. You didn't have to be in a flash Soho restaurant. That we, was like we, the best it needed to be. We had made food that was like proper kind of, you know, what what I think a burger should be. And you know, we have the best example is the Bar Balloud, which is the bar below the mandarin oriental hotel it's like one of the fanciest hotels in the whole country and there was a debate in their chef's team because they had a burger there I and mean, you took me for my birthday we, we did we went, and it was many burgers unbelievable dates. burger but it was not my kind of burger it was like really fancy and like, chef like really chefy and like yeah. i remember eating it with my hands and people in the restaurant were like looking at me like i was some <laughs> piece of trash um and uh and their yeah half their kitchen team were eating burgers at ours saying that our burger's better than theirs. And, you know, they've got this, like, brigade of chefs in, like, a fucking million-pound kitchen, and we had this, like, parry griddle, which is the <laughs> cheapest griddle money can buy. It's, like, 350 quid, or it was back then, and just good good beef, and, was, you know... It was you two, Reese. Reese. Yeah, oh, the old Reece. guy. I remember you saying, come and help, and I was like, oh, I'm what not you, cooking, yeah. I'm not serving. I remember one person asked me a question, so I'm just going to ask my boyfriend. <laughs> I don't know. And I said, buy me some marigolds and I'll just wash up. But back to you, Helen, I remember, again, in those really early days, it was all, like, just open and ticking along, and I remember watching you, and maybe even was it your one of your parents, or was it you and Phil? Yeah, you and your mum sat chopping potatoes yeah. in the oh, window yeah. of honest. So we were all doing our... Wait, <laughs> that was one of my low points. Go on, you tell... Do you remember so that, that was... So we were living with your mum at the time, weren't we? No, you were. Well, we, so we bought that flat in end of 2010. And then obviously this all started early 2011. So suddenly Philip's commuting back from Brighton to Brixton. But luckily my mum and dad live sort of 20 minutes or so away. So you used to stay with them kind of on the weekends. And I would come down on the weekends. And um, we were at mum's yeah, weekends. I forgot you were commuting while we yeah. opened Brixton as well. For about a year, until Soho. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. when Soho opened, we were like, okay, this looks like it's happening. Yeah, so see, then we, mental, we switched that, to yeah, and then that I was like the most intense year of my life. And you, you were fucking were commuting to Brighton as well. But your bodies were all falling apart. Have you spoken oh, about Brighton, this? Yeah. Tom got shingles. I, didn't. I lost feeling in my arms. You normally get shingles when you're like 80 years old. Didn't and you I got get like sty or something? Right like, yeah. Like yeah. You had something we could see. An infection made it into the timeout. Magazine. And you got, you got Grillman's elbow, didn't you? Well, yeah. I and just, Dorian I just sitting on that got train, really sick. Dorian had like man flu for like months. All of you yeah. were literally, you were literally falling to bits. Yeah. I'd like to say I was the last man standing. Though. I was sad. I remember sitting on that train. You wanted a big holiday. That's what killed him. Yeah, that's what it's 
I remember sitting on that last train back from Brighton. You did every single shift. Yeah, you London. guys were there. Yeah, that, it, it, it was it was hard work. But that particular weekend, um, you'd gone in, had a really good Saturday, and come back to my mum's late at night. Must have been midnight, whatever time. You must have shut about eleven. And my mum is an incredibly positive person. And Philip just sort of sat there and went, "Well, we can't open tomorrow. Why not? We'll be sold all our ships." And mum and I were like, "Okay, what can you do about it?" She said, "We're not buying any." Okay, what can you do about it? Anyway, you just were sort of sunk. And mum was like, I've never seen you like this. I've never seen you. Yeah, I remember your mum being saying that to me because I'm a very positive, positive person. person too, yeah. And uh, she was, um, she was, she said to me since recently, many times in the last two, she said, I just, I never forget. I never seen you so like. Okay, with the tough. Yes, there have been. I can't do it. I can't do it. There is no, there is no way of making these chips again by hand in time for tomorrow. It was like right food festival. But there was a way. So basically, the next morning, whatever time the first shop opened, me, you, my mum, about six a.m. or something, went off and got as many. I was like, I've done this before. But we give me a sack of potatoes. We've been here before, and we went to that. One of the must be the first prep kitchen. Um, and we just, Philip showed us the system, right? You cut, and mum is like so me, where very was I at give us a job. Was that the weekend that you were? But I, I, saw, I saw you guys do this through the window like multiple times. This this also happened quite a bit at the end of shift, I think, when you would just it have to top quite... it up or something. I, I, I think, don't know. Because I, yeah. I was in Brixton one. to see it and sort of wave at you. Yeah, <laughs> just chopping away. We were in the restaurant and then about 11 or something, 10, 30, Philip was like, I've got to go and open the restaurant. You must have been away that weekend. I did it. Remember I did a wedding, food yeah, at my yeah. wedding, at a mate's wedding. Uh, maybe that, then. It might have been that weekend. Yeah. yeah. You probably took all the chips. <laughs> Who knows? And then mum and I were like, we'll just carry on like and we said if you if you stay up until two if you stay up until three like we just and, yeah. and when the last bag of chips is gone the last bag of chips is gone but you can manage it so left you to go and open the restaurant mum and i carried on you took a few bags of chips and then basically mum and i were on a rotor so i was sort of helping fill up in the restaurant and running back every half an hour to pick the next bag of chips that was just about done from my mum who was methodically plodding anyway eventually whatever time in the afternoon mum appeared with the sack and said, this is the last this is the last <laughs> like we've got no more potatoes left and Philip was like great okay I know that's another 40 minutes or whatever it was how many burgers so you could sort of manage and I think we pretty much went to closing time maybe half yeah. an hour before I think we pretty much did it and obviously when we went back to the prep kitchen at the end mum had like it was sparkling <laughs> and, Mum's uh, and, it was great. and we somehow got through that day oh, just God. about scraped through that day and it was literally I was sort of ringing my mum saying we've, we've literally the got three more bottles of chips on there anymore ready and she'd run back with the bag and your mum in that that prep kitchen was basically out of like Resident Evil it was like a, an abandoned was warehouse yeah, it was, it was, it was a like rough like yeah. it's been knocked down now it's been condemned and, and yeah, bulldoze it. Yeah. <laughs> Your poor mum just clean that day. <laughs> scrubbing um, the floors in there. God, yeah, what a hero. That was that was definitely that was a really early one. Okay, but this is, I mean, uh, this is the hard part now, right, for us just to come back to present day because this is the challenge of having forty-five restaurants, maybe seventy, hundred. I don't know. Whatever we'll then get to. I don't know. Maybe you know who knows what's going to happen. But how do you do that across so many? rhetorical question but yeah it's terrifying isn't it because it's not and that's one of the challenges that chains face isn't it how do you scale yeah. that and because we were a business owners it's okay for us to put our bodies on the line you can't you can't expect people who who work for us to well, get shingles did, and still come to work for those first few months yeah i mean year i suppose that well, was... i remember when we closed our rest, first restaurant about three years ago because it was too hot in the kitchen mm. um yeah. i remember i'll be I'll completely honest with you as soon as i the, my first reaction was what? What? <laughs> it's a fucking kitchen. Like, so what? It's meant to be hot. Like, and then it's like, actually, no, this isn't, it's not fair to actually, to get someone to work in a, 
No, I mean, I've, that's some of the problems of hospitality is people have just pushed themselves too hard. I've got a mate I went to school with who passed out on a range cooker because he literally was cooking until he just couldn't cook no more. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And it's stuff like that. Like, you know, that is that kind of in kitchens of all the spaces. You, it's like that die hard. You have to be... You can't show weakness, can you? You can't show kind of vulnerability. Yeah. It's terrible because people respond to vulnerability. And like, no, no, actually, it's... also now you have social media, so you can send a message out saying, look, we're shutting the kitchens. It's just too hot for our staff, yeah. you know. No, it's the right way. I think customers now are more and more in, I think back in the day, sort of going back into the 90s and like maybe even, customers would be like, this is outrageous. Why are you closed? Yeah. Staff's kitchen's too hot. Now I think customers are like, Amazing. I like yeah, honest. I like honest even more now, or I like this brand even more now yeah. because yeah. they do other things for their people. I think we've become far more conscious as consumers around how people treat their staff. Um, I want to change tack. I'm going to ask a deep and meaningful question to Connie. Ooh. How has Tom changed, in your opinion, in the last eleven years? Ooh. You're welcome to ask Helen the same question. No pressure. I'm, I'm expecting that to get visited back on me. Probably been even more than 11 years. We never know. Luckily, neither of us ever remember anniversaries, so we're good. But, um, how, I mean, he, you were a boy. <laughs> I'm like a fine wine, aren't I? Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah. How do Maybe you he hasn't that? changed. Do you, but do you think there's, some, there's, him, there's some things that haven't changed? Uh, your like insane dogged determination when you set your mind to something is. And will always be there, I think. And it still drives me absolutely mad, but I love it about you. Um, but you are a more mature, cooler, calmer head now than you were then. And that's come through a lot of, you know, tough life that stuff, personal and work. Yeah. You are, yeah, you're you're my favorite human. I mean, you always were. Oh, but oh, it's been, you're my it's favorite been a good well. thing. But yeah, it's been a ride. Well. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest. Yeah. As Helen knows, like it has been, we have been the ones supporting you guys through what has been an absolutely crazy decade or so. But All right, Helen. Thank you, Con. Your turn. Well, I'm not going to be able to send this off. How has <laughs> Philip developed and matured over the years? How has or has he? Ha- yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just answered the question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I think I think the, the thing that's still there, like, it's just it's just the passion. It's the really wanting to to do it right and really mm. caring and the only time that things you know don't feel good are when people aren't being put at the forefront or you know for you it, it, that that's amazing like that whole kind of thing has, has stayed and I think will always will stay it's just making sure that people feel like they matter um and I think they really do deeply matter but yeah I think I mean I, I think yeah you've definitely grown up um and I think you've definitely learned a lot about yourself and you've um taking on things you didn't think you'd take on. And yeah, it's, what's really funny about it is those first few restaurants were such a, a big deal. To yeah. I just feel like missed holidays because it clashed with an opening date. Yeah. And, you know, just we would have to just change everything in order to fix it. We'd come out of restaurants and find a review and then that's the night's over because Philip's got to respond to this. Oh, do you remember? Uh, sorry, can I jump in there? Cinema, yeah. No, do you remember the, the, cin- yeah, the cinema <laughs> one? Do you remember we were in Nice, one of the first ones yeah. they took? And that's when old Gill, what's his name, AA. Yeah. Gill wrote. Oh, the Times. Yeah, yeah. absolutely ripped us. And hey, you, my brother was staying with us me. that weekend. He called me and said, "Listen, man, you're going to see this." 
and you're going to say this. Like, what you and then for me? Like, you sent a picture to us on holiday, so there we spent a day in the Brace knee. yourself. Yeah. AA girls just slammed us in whatever the telegraph or whatever it was. It didn't even read that bad to me, but I was. And I was yeah. in the Yeah, he didn't so slam your food. He, yeah, he just no. had it. He, he just, just likes I mean, to have was, fun, doesn't he? It was, it was actually yeah. funny when you read it, and in retrospect, yeah, it was a funny yeah. one, wasn't it? But like, I remember you sent it, and we were on holiday, and that wrecked today, didn't it? It did a bit, but I mean, it was just, it was just, it was all, all consuming at the beginning, and I suppose. And it still is, but priorities change and and and, and things. And I think um, it's yeah, it's sort of finding that. What balance. was the cinema one? We came out of the cinema and somebody had basically tweeted something about you being. Oh yes, but like, like, one tweet could ruin our whole weekend, yeah, and it would be really so good, precious. Man, we'd have we'd have this one weekend together. Yeah. We've probably been looking forward to for months, and there'll be this, there'll be thousands of positive tweets. One negative. <laughs> That's it, Tom can't Tom can't get out. Like you used to do sweet potato fries and you don't anymore. It's rubbish, doesn't it? And that was it. We were meant to go for a drink or dinner or something after cinema, but we didn't. I was we drafting had to go home an email. It was and an email. Philip's drafting a whole email right, saying, I'm, actually, I'm the founder. I know we never did this. You shouldn't be putting things like that on social media. Like, da, da, da. And basically spent the next three or four days winning this person round. But I love that you still drink. You still do that. Tom, you know, with the release of Honest Farming, I love that you guys still care enough that if there's an opinionated comment or a comment that disagrees you called them i think you've got to show customers that there is a human being at the end of an angry tweet or you know a divisive email or whatever it is but yeah god i like mental health is not a a huge factor in our lives 10 years ago i don't think but my my i was like built on very fragile foundations then like you know one bad tweet and i was like right i'm gonna go into a Deep. Now we talk about it so much more, yeah. don't we? How these things affect us. But you just, yeah, it would just ruin you. Well, even for... sort of social media and things, it was all still relatively, there was less yeah. of it. Wasn't well, I can't it? believe it was we actually haven't thing, mentioned so... the AA Gill review, I don't think, at all in this podcast yet. No. Yeah, but do you remember what that was actually rude about? It was just, it was just a joke, wasn't it? Like you said, your staff looked like prostitutes. Because because you were on and the site of tables were covered in sticky bacteria so fingers. No, no, it was it was it was just he was, he was actually just quite nasty. It wasn't we, like we were a vehicle to it. He wanted to write yeah. something about corporate politician politicians. Yeah. Yeah. He just us. It, There's no way. He he, I think lot. he actually the only thing he said about the food was he'd have another one. So yeah. I think you're fine. He said something Maybe like, "Maybe I remember it totally wrong." He just wanted to be the next McDonald's or something. Yeah, it was a weird one. I remember thinking, I was like, "Why the?" Fuck is A. A. Gill eating in one of our burgers? Like <laughs> it's just madness, right? Like, why has he even heard of us? But I remember Will from Hawksmoor text me saying, Congratulations, mate, you've got a great restaurant if A. A. Gill hates it. It's <laughs> like, great. So I'm yeah. not quite strong enough to take that yet, <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'll, now, in a few years. Know, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Connie, Connie, I'm gonna ask you to finish off, and then Helen, you're next highlight and low light of honest so far highlight is 100% when you opened your doors and I will just never forget Phil's little face just like holy shit (laughs) (laughs) it's just a queue like all the way down the avenue in Brixton Village yeah. Of just like all, and I just remember looking at all these people thinking, wow, they're actually wanting to like spend an hour of their life eating Tom's food. You couldn't even see them, thank God. You were just like head down. 
Yeah. So that would be my highlight of you opening that door. And I just remember like watching, thinking, oh my God. This it was is... proper like anticipation, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. These are going to give us their money. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, remember you thinking, had two hour queues at one point. Like that is just bonkers. mental. I just remember thinking, I was like, who are these people? Yeah. Like I was <laughs> looking at every single like, one, thinking, where like, where have you come from? Yeah. That's mad. Um, which was a really intense feeling and like super proud and made, because I was, I think I had all the nerves for both of us. I was imagine, just terrified. Imagine that it might not work and you'd be upset. Or Imagine if like your older self, Phil, came to you then and said, in 12 years time, you're going to be feeding 70,000 people a week. Oh, yeah. I mean, there'll be there'll be a queue of seventy thousand people. And you, you were like top rated on TripAdvisor for ages. Like oh, you just man. there was just this era of just madness, which was amazing and so deserved, obviously. Um, whilst being completely mad, low lights would definitely be low points. Would be, I wasn't going to mention this one, but there were there were various ones like Helen said earlier about when there was just a really nasty tweet or a really nasty review because I could just see that you were giving everything and you were just so broken in that first year. Like physically, there was just nothing left for anything other than honest. And then there'd suddenly be this thing. I think, yeah, we touched, you said you touched on it in another podcast, but one that I remember was particularly bad was about some like naming issue um, where you were actually totally within your rights for what had happened from memory. Um, and it just caused this massive Twitter thing where they just trolled you and they dug up horrible things about your granddad. Like you'd mentioned you, your granddad made you proud or something. And yeah, they, and they picked pretty, out yeah. a tweet and they said something like, something about that. And he just died and we were moving house that day. And I remember that was a really bad one. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, ugh. Didn't, you didn't need that. That was the first time we'd ever had some kind of, like, it kind of was a They didn't understand the situation. It? it was like you were refreshing Twitter and it was like, uh, literally uh, refreshing every second and it was like another five tweets, another five oh. tweets. And it was all yeah. just people was, hating us. And it was just a really cruel, because some, yeah, I mean, really we'd personal. never experienced mm. cruel trolling before. No, I and they'd yeah. really dug around to find that. And then, um, you know, they obviously didn't know yeah. he'd just passed away. General but. public can be really mean sometimes. That, but that, like, I think that was actually, worse. Was because actually you didn't, you know, if someone doesn't like your chips, fine, like, they don't like your chips. Mm. That was just really mean. Really I still, yeah, time. those reviews. I, and I, how that I would hang over us for yeah. a really long time. And we would, Helen and I, the ones that had to pick you back up for days to yeah. get back in there again. Yeah, you had to rebuild us many yeah, times. It was <laughs> intense. It's hard. I still, I still personally reply to any kind of emails that will come in that sort of question, like, will be sold out, or you don't care anymore. Like, mm. they'll have a bad experience, which yeah. is going to happen. And yeah, I'll put that course, down yeah. to the fact that we've reduced quality, clearly, because we only care about money now. Yeah, the assumption is so aggressive, And I was like, it? I like... don't mind someone complaining. Like, everyone, you know, we're yeah. not perfect. We make mistakes. We will continue to make mistakes. But it's when someone makes the assumption or the link that that suddenly means that me and him don't care anymore yeah. the people in our business don't care anymore. It's not just me yeah. and Tom. There's some amazing people that work really hard at Run Honest, and we all share one massive thing and that is we care yeah so it really still bugs so i will personally apply to anyone now who says like oh you've clearly sold out and, and i've become very good at a polite fuck you i have to say <laughs> yeah. um which is uh you've got to take it seriously but at the same time you've got to stand your ground yeah and and i think that's what Helen and i have like we never necessarily chose this but we've become sort of background participants to seeing inside an incredible experience you know what happened with honest and its journey and what have you 
and it gives you an awful lot more compassion to the industry, especially at the moment. So like, I know that there are so many things going on at the moment with, you know, post-COVID, post-Brexit and staffing and just giving people a break. Like, mm. But there will always be Twitter people and there will always be people that want to complain. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think, you know, living in London and supporting our restaurants is, you know... It's all part of part of life here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, agreed. And you see, you see the tears and the blood and sweat that goes into it. So yeah, yeah. All right. Agreed. What's yours, Helen? Highs and lows. <laughs> My highlight, I'm going to say, it's kind of, I mean, it's the staff events, because I, I worked in in the office for for a number of years, yeah. and being at those events that were put on which were just a big thank you to the people who were there on the ground doing their thing. And when you two would get up on the stage and just do your five minute bit, you just, you work so well together and you could just see the like, shit, look what we've done. And there's like 400 people in the room having a party. And it just, it makes you feel really proud because actually kind of that's what it's about. And sometimes you have to be like, we employ 400 yeah. people, 700 people, whatever it might be at that point. That is Crazy the fact that you still really do that exciting. and close the whole, that's, you know, the whole and people thing. people still know who you two are, you know, people's and that that I think that's just just lovely. It just kind of shows that you do how much you care about the business and um and about about the people around you. Yeah, that that will never get you never get used to that feeling. No, like I'm always well, that's absolutely it. bricking it. When you go out and you see all these people and you're like, fuck, they're all they've all decided to work for honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and you know you 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 try you're really good bosses you try and and you're trying to build a good business like you say you don't get it right all the time I'm sure but actually it shows when you've got kind of you're in that in that space I suppose. we should have done the lows first and then finished on the highs <laughs> yeah, <we should> have <laughs> really like, right what's the worst thing that's ever happened <laughs> let's thing. let's wrap I'm, up after that I'm gonna wrap up no yeah the, I think a really a really low moment relatively recently was was the pandemic I just remember. It being schools yeah. closing, Good answer. restaurants are shutting. <laughs> Philip just sat down and he just, you just went grey, and you just said, "That's it, ten years yeah. down the drain." And it wasn't just about you. Just thought you just said all these people who yeah. are not going to have a job. Um, just all the work we've put in, I, it just felt so out of your control. Mm. And within a day, you were said, "Right, we're going to sit and we're going to work out a plan." And and you'd, you'd worked out this sort of plan to to see what you could do and then a few days later furlough came in oh, okay great that's gonna help I us i fucking i cried um, when they announced furlough on tv well, yeah it genuinely it was massive. Was like... and i think the big reason for it obviously just apart from just the unknown and the scariness and the, the personal all the different things it was so out of your control and you too doesn't matter how dogged you had been for the last 10 years it didn't matter mm. what you did it was just this is just we don't know what's gonna happen and it was it was yeah it was it was tough it was and like you, now, you tried to it? bring it straight back into yeah. your control um, yeah. it feels hard. a bit like that now I have to say probably in a worse way because the pandemic is was quite an obvious challenge like mm, a very yeah. tough one mm. but actually okay we know what it is now we know how to try and you know it was you sort of confronted it whereas now it feels like we're in this weird grey area doesn't it and cost well, it's of kind living of for getting used to some board. form of like the world is definitely a more normal place than it was in the middle of a lockdown yeah, in the middle of, course, of pandemic yeah. mm. But now we've got this whole host of, of unmeasurable problems on the horizon. That it's Again, just like, and they're all out of your control. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. how do we, you know, well, you couldn't, you generally can write it. I, I think about Brexit and how mm. terrified we were awful, of the consequences yeah. of Brexit. And then you just look at everything that followed after Brexit and you're like, my goodness me, this is, yeah, this is just brutal. And, yeah, and the restaurant industry has taken it harder than most, hasn't it? Yeah. 
I think yeah. it probably is one of the industries that's been hit. I mean, and as we record today, no no one's going on any train. Is the train strikes today? Yeah, it's nice train. So this this week's going to be an absolute car crash for think, us. Yeah, guaranteed. The industry's predicting one million pa- one billion pounds worth of loss for the hospitality industry yeah. this week. Well, we read a thing. Connie Ford me asked that the Queen's Platinum Jubilee would probably just kicked the recession down the road for another few months I because had that, it was yeah. such an impact. But you guys had your busiest right. weekend in. That was ages, huge. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Million so it shows how these yeah, things yeah. can make such a huge difference to. Mm, yeah, so. no, there's 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 a few pressures for damn sure, but. And I think it's interesting. I don't. I'm interested to know what you think, Helen. But I feel like the the support in the early days was like you physically were just broken, whereas now I feel like it's all up here. The stress mm. that you guys are holding that you've got so many more employees, so much more responsibility in other ways that it's still super stressful, but it's a completely different kind of stress. I agree. And going back to that control thing, which you're both, like you say, at the beginning, you could just work harder and you'd sort it out. Yeah. You, now you it could fix that how problem. Hard you work. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. There's, there's... Um, how, you know, you, you could fix it with an all-nighter. Now it's just such a more complex system. That's very neat. That's, that, that sums up exactly how I feel, funny enough. <laughs> no, that's really... That's Good really to know we're still going through the same experience <laughs> these know. years on. I was just thinking, <laughs> like... 10 years. <laughs> I've been talking to a lot of people recently about this stuff and you just probably summed it up in the most articulate way. Like, <laughs> you're right, the go-to is always just pull an all-nighter and we'll make yeah. more chips or you just we'll yeah. figure it out. And this is so work. out of we'll your We'll just physically work harder. But now it's like, you can do that, but it doesn't seem to work as well. It's, it's well, too it's, big it's, and the it's, things aren't, that, that's not... doesn't really hurt, fit. of course. You know, it's getting used to, to what normal looks like, which is a weird fucking world for hospitality. Yeah. Okay, thank you. And genuinely, yeah. uh, that's a thank you for the podcast. But I, think, I know, major. Uh, and I don't want to heart yeah. thank you because it's nice in just some of those stories I'd kind of forgotten or had a different take on, which was kind of why <laughs> we wanted to do this podcast. Yeah, and it, to... I think it's very, very, very plain to see that Honest wouldn't exist without you two. To, well, we've been to, talking about doing this for years, haven't we? Kind of, back yeah, we, we, we put it off for as long as we can. <laughs> all of the support you've given both of us has been it's completely, you know, immeasurable. So it's been a been a wonderful experience eh yeah and others yeah. as well i think it's worth mentioning you know family oh, yeah. and friends that yeah we can't have them all on the podcast but these two well we had to get supported by someone Absolutely. so <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> we've got network. our own little so i think this is a po- this is a this podcast Hype is a nod to any business person or anyone who's got a bunch of people in their network that's helped them because you can't do it on your own so yeah, yeah. there you go to family well, and friends thank you very much cheers coming on thank you cheers guys got any questions or you want to get in touch please drop us a message the email is podcast at honestburgers.co.uk and then as always give us a follow on tiktok and instagram at honestburgers we really hope you've enjoyed listening and thank you for tuning in